On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the Green Bay Packers giving the middle finger to Russell Wilson's middle finger. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. What's up, boy? First things first. How surprised are we that Aaron Jones apparently is just a one to two week mild MCL sprain? Yeah, blown away. And bring bring up the other one while you're at it. Bring bring up the other one because it's just too good news. So it was – there was a, a trio of injuries. Uh, first, it was Whitney Merciless who, as soon as he started going off and pointing to his bicep, our text message chain was like, torn bicep, this is done. I'm so sorry because I actually – and we'll get to it in a second – thought he was making the progressions and playing a hell of a lot better than I would have ever expected. Then Aaron Jones, on what seemed like a simple play, which they always are, goes down, squints in pain, tries to run off the field, makes it halfway. There was reports that at coming out of the blue tent, he was bawling his eyes out, talking to family in the stands, was seen on the sideline, just coat on. They weren't treating him. They weren't working on him. We thought he was done. And then... Rashawn Gary goes down, and that dude was rolling. That guy looked like it was all over a dislocated shoulder that put somebody out for four months after surgery. Like, it just looked insane. Merciless officially is done for the year, which is a shame to hear. Jones is a one to two weeks because of a mild MCL sprain, and Rashawn Gary could be back within a week with a hyperextended elbow. I I would never – I would have bet my house – firstborn kid i would bet a lot of things that those three injuries outside of uh, merciless which you kind of saw coming but i don't know if the packers could have dodged any bigger bullets with gary and jones so lucky so lucky that literally could define the year i mean those two guys could have been anywhere from their current diagnosis to out for the year and if they're actually back let's just say three weeks let's just give them Vikings, Rams, bye week, and then come back healthy. So lucky. Like, so grateful. I, you never want to be the the sideline doctor, the one diagnosing. But when they go down non-contact, you're concerned. When Rashawn Gary's injury is one where they say it's too gruesome to show the replay after a commercial break, you're like, damn. Like, we hate him because he's playing so well as a podcast. <laughs> but damn, that was going to hurt. And, uh, well, and that was after Merciless went down, which you knew Merciless was done because he couldn't lift that arm. So it, that would have been uh, – uh, Z would have had to come back next week. What else would we have had done? Garvin, let's go, baby. And even then, it, it's a 
it, it hurts that a Whitney Merciless, who could have been your fourth pass rusher, an established 10-year veteran that has proven it at all levels against every opponent, has sacked pretty much every quarterback in this league, would go down hurts. But a Garvin for Merciless replacement is a lot better than a Garvin for Rashawn Gary replacement. Like, that's huge. And A.J. Dillon showed a ton of things. We'll get into it. But the potential of losing RB1 uh, is dramatic. So I think we got super lucky, and this could happen to any team. Listen, this weekend was riddled by injuries. You look at Chase Young, uh, Darius Leonard, and Vita Vey had injuries of less significance, but Chase Young out for the year. TJ Watt goes down with an injury that looks like he's bad, and he's out for a couple of weeks. Robert Woods goes down in practice, finishes practice, and then gets told he's out for the year with an ACL. Any of these things, I mean, you got to count your blessings when you have a fairly healthy team, and the Packers have been fairly healthy. Like, we have a pretty good stretch going of healthiness, so we got lucky this week. Let's uh, let's be happy about that and get on to the next one because we got a divisional rival coming up that's not going to go easy on us. No, and let's keep it right with this defense, which I, I every week I internally wait for that other shoe to drop. Where this defense injuries catch up, or or the team we're playing kind of has a breakout offensive streak, and they just keep doing the amazing. They held the Cardinals to their lowest points on the year. They come back and hold the Chiefs to the lowest point total in their uh, Mahomes era, and then for the first time in a hundred and fifty, Russell Wilson starts the Seattle Seahawks were shut out like this streak that we talked about being six games deep to win those kind of games. And at least in the loss, hold that team into some kind of (laughs) offensive stagnancy. It's unreal, but let's talk about it a a little bit. If they let Russ cook, what was he cooking? Ooh, chicken fingers. (laughs) Brussels sprouts. He burnt them just a bit. We got a vegan on this podcast, so he'd probably say like a steak. Yeah, but it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, Russell Wilson ended up at throwing fifty percent of the time, and there was some that were just not very good. But held the running game in check with seventy five yards. Held the receiving game in check to the point that we got to see our beautiful DK Metcalf just blow up at the end of the game, which is always brilliant to see. So, what do we take out of this game? that saw really a a decent play across the board for this defense. I told you he was going to get in the guff. He got in the guff. guff. (laughs) But our our guys played it cool. They played it cool. But, man, no, our defense, uh, what blows me away is, you know, we've we've been talking about the passer. We've been talking about the pressure, which was there again, even without blitzing. Beautiful spy play with Devondre Campbell. Um, but really what impressed me was our secondary. I mean, they're getting put different places every different week. Sullivan, um, to Stokes to, I mean, really Rasul Douglas is really the diamond in the rough for this defense and letting it not fall apart. He can play that man coverage. He can drop back in decent zone. What they're pulling off in the secondary, I mean, if you didn't watch it, go back and watch how our secondary played. It was beautifully done. Uh, Credit Joe Barry. 
because after week one, we weren't quite sure what we have. And he has shown a different defense every week that fits the offense we're playing. And this week, it was putting the safeties so far back that you couldn't possibly be beat deep. And I I will credit there was a play or two where there was a guy running open, but Russell Wilson was getting pressured. The pressures were there often enough. They said, Alex Collins, you can have your runs, but we doubt you'll commit to the run. And they, Seattle had 4.1 yards per carry and still only ran in 10 times. And we said Alex Collins looks like he's good enough to be a threat, but they weren't going to stick to it. They wanted Russell to throw the ball 40 times with a 50% completion percentage. And Adrian Amos's pick just summed up the defensive strategy perfectly. They're like, we'll let Russell have a little bit of time. We'll, we'll rush four, but no one's going deep. And we called a lot of that. We called Russell Wilson going to the tight ends a bunch. But what they didn't try to mix in was the crossing routes that we talked about. It was like just mixing a, a speedster wide receiver over the middle on a quick drag route and just get him the ball and see what kind of damage you can do. Because if you have two safeties 18 yards deep, you can get a wide receiver the ball four yards downfield and just pick up eight, no problem. They were too impatient to make that happen. So credit Joe Barry. This defense is starting to give me hope that in the last – Eight weeks, I think it is seven or eight weeks. They have not given up more than twenty-one points. And if, and if and if you say come crunch time, Aaron Rodgers, I need three touchdowns and we'll win the game. Oh, I feel pretty good. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and I forgot to say King's name. King had a hell of a game again. He's tackling great. He's playing great man coverage. Um, so just keep on playing those safeties deep, and uh, he won't get beat deep, right? I do think that's interesting, and it goes back to Barry's point. When you look at some of these names that are stepping up, Campbell and Barnes, I don't think we would ever remotely think that they'd be playing to this level. Henry Black looks good. Rasul Douglas looks good. You have Preston that's coming back into his own. You have King that you just mentioned. He's taking dudes that a lot of Packer fans, including the three gentlemen on this pod, had completely and utterly given up on. And there's been very, very few times where you go, why is he in this position? What are we doing here? It, it it fully makes sense, everything that he's doing. And so even Eric Stokes, four targets, zero reception against. Like this team, this is my yearly, my year, uh, my weekly callback. We still don't have our best pass rusher and we still don't have our best cornerback and we're still doing what we're doing. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for week 14, 15, where it was just like those dudes coming out of the tunnel to face like the, the second time against the Vikings or the, the second time against the bears, where it's just like the entire league is just kind of crapping their pants going, whoa, 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 whoa. This team is really, really good. And they're, they're doing the impossible with a lot of players missing. And I wanted to throw this out stat out, which I'm not, I'm not saying I'm just saying, uh, Diari Karig, Karig on on uh, Twitter, the Packers are ranked third in the NFL in points allowed. They've ranked top three in that category four times in the Super Bowl era. 1966, 1967, 1996, and 2010. Do you guys know anything that would have happened in those four years that we would feel very, very good about? Hmm. Whoa. 
what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Those were super years. Very, Look very the, super years. The stats are just amazing. They're they're currently rated the number one tackling defense. Like, yep. We haven't we haven't complained about I, I read that today and I was like, You're right, we haven't complained about missed tackles all that much. Quarterbacks when targeting wide receivers this season against Packers defense, fifty six percent completion percentage, last in the NFL. 6.7 yards per attempt, second to last in the NFL. Interceptions, 10, second most in the NFL. To Ryan's point, that's without our number one pass rusher, and Jair's been missing since week four. These guys have just been insane. I was wrong. We gave up 22 points once since week three. So oh. 17, 22, 14, 10, 21, 13, <laughs> and goose egg. Zero. Russell was cooking eggs. Goose eggs. I don't know how else we can uh, build up this defense. I just I know there's going to be a game at some point this year that it just isn't their day. But how my this? lord, until then, how happy are we that Russell didn't have a good day? Because you know when that game started and they started talking about his finger and how miraculous of a recovery it was and how Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, personally came down and blessed him and kissed it and impregnated his wife just so he could go play football again. Hey, don't bring Sierra into this. Come on. <laughs> this was insane. I was, I was so ready to complain so hard about this, but then he never completed a pass for the most part. Like he didn't do well, they, they shut up pretty quick as soon as they saw him throw a pass. They're like, oh, okay, hurting. it's not yeah. it's not healed. <laughs> he, missed, he missed some simple drops that were definitely, you know, the finger was to blame. But, boy, I'm so grateful because if that was the storyline, you know, if the Seahawks win by one and the storyline, the running joke is these guys have to have blackmails on blackmail on the other person. But Russell Wilson must have blackmail on the announcers because – they just wanted to make this story like he I think I texted it to you guys like he died of childhood cancer, was reincarnated, moved Jesus's tomb and, you know, delivered your Domino's pizza in 30 minutes or less and I, healed his finger yeah. in four weeks. I did enjoy the fact that Jim Nance stopped Romo talking about the four to six week time frame and then goes, no, 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 no. He, he said that four would be impossible. It was going to be eight minimum. And it's just like, are we really correcting ourselves yeah. for how many weeks this dude was supposed to be gone? But well, as PR told me, he was out for the year. Yeah. Here's the other way of looking at this. How head and shoulders, and you guys might not agree with this, how head and shoulders above is the NFC compared to the AFC? Oh, there's everybody in the AFC. Well, I to be honest with you, I think the NFL in general, there's a whole Josh. lot of teams that I just heard Josh come off of mute because he heard AFC and he's like, hold on. I used to live in Nashville. <laughs> I think they're both very top heavy. And I think top heavy being three, four teams. The Bills now, just lost a- the Jaguars. Yeah. The and then the AFC goes Steelers, Chiefs, Patriots, who have weapons, but the NFC, Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Rams, Bucks. Before right now. Hit- right now. Wait till the end of the year. Super Bowl contenders. I think I think you'll find come the end of the year. I think each side only has about three that really can can make it. I mean that's a very conservative statement. <laughs> I think each division will only. But how about them Titans? How about Super them Bowl Titans? <laughs> and here's where we transition to a Titans podcast. Now I think I think the winner of the NFC Championship game at this point in the season can be crowned the Super Bowl champion. 
the NFC is a close. gauntlet. The playoffs are going to be insane matchup after insane matchup. Yeah. Unless unless there's a Derrick Henry sighting, but yes. Braylon Allen? <laughs> Let's talk about that. The second coming of Mr. Henry having having a baby with Mr. Unlimited, AJ Dillon. I mean, yes. I, I I just this dude continually impresses me with his ability to not only read uh, holes, his ability to just go, I'm going zero to sixty, and I'm just gonna truck anybody in front of him. He ended up with 66 rushing yards and 62 receiving yards one of which was that 50 yarder that sealed the game pretty much i i just i i love this man i'm so glad we had him uh we we went up and drafted him as a second rounder or whatever it was holy moly but aaron Rodgers, early early in the game uh not good not good but Devonte still got his seven catches for nearly 80 yards MVS got his deep bomb that we've been waiting for. So let's talk about this offense that wasn't necessarily looking good early. We are continuing our red zone struggles, but when it mattered the most in the fourth quarter, we sealed the game. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's a classic case of uh, Aaron wasn't on the field for a week and a half. Uh, I mean, they they looked good, but they just looked off a bit, uh, including play calling. Um, but we were up against a great defense. I mean, we even called it, they'd give up the yards, but they get stingy once you get down in the red zone and look what happened. Um, and the Packers, this has been a continuous thing this year is our red zone just isn't what it was last year. It's the final piece that if we can put it in this puzzle, who's going to stop us? Um, I mean, our, our, it's pretty pathetic, our red zone efficiency right now, especially given the missed field goals that we have had um, this year also, which I, I want to bring that up. There, I Possibly no, a change. No, we're having fun. No, let's hey, not talk about this. <laughs> but just throwing it out there. But offense overall did a great job taking what was there. It, it was a stingy defense. They were on top of us. Jamal Adams was freaking everywhere. Um, so given that I say job well done. Yeah. Uh, we were right on our AJ, uh, Dylan needs 20 touches prediction. We are just a week off. That's, that's what I'm taking away from this. No, you give that guy 20 carries. People don't want to tackle him. I made the joke about Braylon Allen, but Braylon Allen said it about Northwestern. He's like, I don't think Northwestern wanted to tackle me. Paraphrasing AJ Dylan on that screen pass. Did not want to be tackled. Nobody wanted to tackle him, and he wanted a touchdown. And in the snow in Lambeau Field, that was that was a beautiful memory. Like that goes down in one of those plays in Packer fan lore of just like, do you remember that one time AJ Dillon just broke every tackle except for Bobby Wagner chasing it down from across the field, but and also, tiptoed the line for like twenty five yeah. yards. Like what the <laughs> hell? He ran people over. If it weren't for the man that is Bobby Wagner, that was a touchdown. That was amazing. And that that just totally set the tone. And let's not look past the offense struggled. In general, the offense struggled. And I agree with you, Josh. It, this was a sign of a quarterback not getting reps for two weeks. We know he's all pro. We know he's Hall of Fame. We know he's amazing. But when you can't game plan and get live reps, even against the scout defense, against your practice squad defense, and just get the timing right – some of those things where he looks like he makes it look so easy during a game in a regular week, 
just aren't perfectly synchronized against a good NFL defense. And, and it makes you not score as much as you hope. So 17 points against that defense, they were doing some fun things. Like how many times did they have both safeties down showing a blitz and yet one would peel back or both would peel back or they would both come. You had no idea pre-snap what the Seattle defense was actually doing. So they, they gave Rodgers a hard time with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, if, if you got a running game in the cold, you're a step ahead. Well, and at the end of the day, look at the time of possession, you know, 39 minutes to 20 minutes. We had the ball almost double the amount of time as the Seattle Seahawks. So we did our job. And I was about to say that the yardage was almost doubled to eight for Seattle, almost 400 for Green Bay. And I was literally about to call out that if you're going to take something positive away from this, you look at these three scoring drives, and there should have been more. Uh, I think if Crosby probably hits that first field goal, we we do a few more instead of going for it on fourth down. But 14 plays, 82 yards. 11 plays, 62 yards. 10 plays, 80 yards. So, I mean, they had to grind out these scores. And, yes, should it have been more, 100%, that Rodgers interception was so god-awful even his sack where he had open players and he didn't step out of the pocket right away, you could just tell he was a step or two behind for that entire first half. And we were still moving the ball. So, And I want to call this out again, and I, I can't believe we see it almost every week. When you do the Rodgers championship belt, you better fucking win because it is unbelievable how the Bears do it. And then Jamal Adams gets a gift of you an can't interception. Do it, down it wasn't three, even nothing. a good it wasn't even a good play. And he caught a a crummy, crummy throw by Rogers, tries to do a Lambo leap, does the belt, is shushing the crowd, and it's like, dude, no, no, no. Like I, I can't believe that this has happened yet again and nobody has stopped. Like if as soon as I can't wait for a defense to make a play. And then you see the guy go for his belly button and uh, one of his teammates tackles him. And he's like, we're going to lose. If you do this, <laughs> you realize we're going to lose. But Jamal Adams, uh, great game. So but as soon as he did that, oh, my goodness. It was, I've seen it too often. I've seen it too so often. That, that goes down in like uh, pregame speeches 101. Like, hey, don't. <laughs> Don't tweet at Tom Brady's Instagram account because his PR is watching that and they'll make sure it gets to him and he's going to be pissed off by it. And number two is middle of the game. Don't do the belt to Aaron Rodgers because he just gets a little irked and nobody loves being irked and proving people wrong than Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know if he saw it, but I'm sure he got word from somebody like, bro, did you see? Did you see what he did in the end zone? Like, Oh, you can't let that stand. It was three nothing. He's losing. I get that the defense was playing a good game, but, man, trash talking 101. I hate the scoreboard chant. I hated it since high school because we always <laughs> lost and had to hear the scoreboard chant while trash talking to people. But that's an easy scoreboard chant when you're celebrating with the quarterback celebration, losing the game. Hey, on a scale, real quick, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does Rodgers hate Josiah DeGora? I I I actually think I actually think it's an eight because we're now in week ten and Guevara yeah. still isn't picking well, up rounds. He's not picking up for that's I, what I meant. It's for sure above a five, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
every time he tried to connect with Degora, Rogers like, you know, animated, trying to give him some lessons on the field, doing the Rogers scream that we're all accustomed to. He fed him he, the ball, but he's like, I'd prefer Tonyan. Well, and he's not even blocking that great either, which is a little bummer. He just needs to step it up. Step it up. You got a chance. Let's go. But if you remember early Tunyon, he was getting an earful as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I would hope Deguara is athletic enough to make blocks, to find that soft gap in coverage. He is good enough for that. But specifically the Arizona game, uh, even Love was throwing him around in the KC game. Like this dude is just mentally not caught up on just basic formations and routes, which is not good. Not good. It's weird so. for a year and a half in, and he had his first year to study. And and we let go of Jace. Like, what if if Jace wasn't on this team, it would have been him that would leave. Who cares about Jace? <laughs> I'm not. No, but I'm saying like we. The reason we're keeping him is because we we have a smaller tight end. We love you, Jace. We love you. Oh, we hope man. you're doing well. <laughs> is this like the Rayshon Gary effect? You're trying to talk trash to him, so he oh, you could try no. it. That's not it. That's not it. Jaguar's not going to be in this league in two years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'll I'll just keep the one to ten scale going. How cool was it though seeing Aaron Jones carried off by Randall Cobb off the I, lamp? I didn't even see that until later today. I don't know how I missed it, but that was pretty cool. It put it made me smile ear to ear. Yeah. That was also a good sign of like the knee isn't that bad, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no way he's getting carried like that running yeah, with a with a torn MCL. So uh that will do it for this pocket. I can't believe we have another road game. We are now gonna go eleven weeks with four home games during this stretch. And I the scheduler this, this year one's gonna be was this not gonna fun. be tough. I'm afraid. Hey, we just had a snow game. It's getting us hyped for the end of the season. It's Kirk Cousins in non-prime time, I'm afraid of this one. Oh, true. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> include that. I got to make a note of that for our preview pod because now I'm even more uh, hesitant. A little nervous. A yeah. little nervous. The spread is not not a lot of points. One last thing before we leave. Release today. Packers have opened up a substantial amount of Packers stock. Are we buying any? No, I can print pieces of paper at my house. Yeah, no. You don't want to be an owner. You don't guys, be we, are, we are we are not the my... biggest Packer fans, but like we're up there. We do a podcast about the Packers. But mm-hmm. you want three hundred dollars for a useless piece of paper? I will sell that out of my garage all day long. I I don't understand the pride behind. I'm a Packer shareholder. You gave three hundred dollars to the Packers. I'd rather buy. Two tickets for three hundred dollars. Yeah, I'll put my name yeah, down on true. the season ticket line. You know, I'll do that. If they personally called me and said, "Dan, we need three hundred dollars, or we're gonna have to move from Green Bay," I'd be like, here are my three hundred dollars. I don't need a piece of paper to three hundred or Aaron Rodgers walks. Okay, <laughs> okay, you got me. Yeah. What's really bad is we probably just pissed off like eighty percent of our fan base who has a piece of paper hanging in their office. But sorry, guys, I I just don't get to spend. I spend my money in other useless ways. Hey, it's gonna make the stadium look really cool. So yep. everybody, go buy some. You either you either buy shares or you get your taxes increased. So it's gonna go to a good cause regardless. But 
We'll see how uh, we'll see how this week goes. Hopefully, it's nothing but good news and recovery, and hopefully, there's a Bakhtiari sighting for this Minnesota game. We'll see how close Z is, or if they're going to truly wait after the bye. But until then, we have a three-game lead with a chance to double up in Minnesota on Sunday. But until then, thanks everybody. Go pack, go.